0: Hello, my sweet fellow empaths, my Elevation Nation. Welcome or welcome back to the Elevated Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa. I'm an empath coach and energy healer. If you are just now joining, you're joining a community of elevated empaths who embrace their duality, harness their empathic superpowers, and live consistently from their authentic soul energy. I'm so glad that you're here and that you're listening Before we get into today's episode, I wanted you to know that I have two one-on-one coaching spots open right now. So if you're interested in one-on-one empath coaching with me, we dive into figuring out your roots, your limiting beliefs, what's blocking you from manifesting your ideal dream life in career, relationships, money, and we work together To remove all of those limiting beliefs and those blocks so that you can step out in every aspect of your life as your true aligned version of self, which naturally leads to manifesting the life that you came here to live, not the one that others want you to live. So there's two one-on-one coaching spots open right now. The link will be below. All you do is fill out a form, tell me why you want to work with me, what you're looking to work on in coaching and we can go from there. Those spots won't last long, so get in now. I also do Akashic Records readings. The Akashic Records hold all of the information about your soul from its inception. All of your past lives and your current lifetime now, it has all of the answers that you want about anything going on in your life. Any blocks, limiting aspects in your life and career, relationships, You can look into a specific relationship. You can ask about past lives with a specific person in your life, money, home and family, manifesting that dog that you want. Any questions you have, the Akashic Records can tell you, except for telling the future, which we all know because we've listened to all of the episodes. If you haven't listened to that episode with Cindy Michelle, go listen to that. The only thing it can't tell is the future. But everything else, it can. Let's move on. (laughs) I also have animal communication readings, So if you're interested in communicating with your pet and learning about their desires, uh, their needs, their favorite food, any health issues that are going on, how to make them feel comfortable and safe, how to improve their life, you can get a direct reading with me. And you can learn about all of my offerings at lisabtag.com. That's L-I-S-A, B as in boy, T as in Tom, A-G.com. Today on the podcast, this is the season finale. Season one finale is here. Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about my story. A lot of people have been asking about this. Surprisingly enough, you all want to know more about me, which is surprising for me, but I guess not that surprising. I've gotten a lot of questions about my manifestation story, basically how I got here, how I manifested this business, and everything else. So we're going to be talking about that today. I am excited and nervous. This is season one finale I hope that you have enjoyed all of the guests, but I thought we would connect back, you and me right now. Just you and me and nobody else. All right. So before we get into all of that, don't forget to like, comment, share, subscribe, rate this podcast five stars, write a review, and write in to tell me what you think about this episode what you'd like me to talk about next in season two. I hope you love this episode. I'm excited to share all of this with you. I'm also terrified to share all of this with you. But it's time to shine, my friends. Hot Girl Summer is about living authentically, living in true alignment with your soul and unapologetically and not giving a fuck about what other people think, right? Right? That's what Hot Girl Summer is really all about. (sighs) Okay. Here we are at the Elevated Podcast Season 1 Finale. I'm really so grateful for your love and support throughout the start of this podcast. I honestly thought for so long that no one would listen to what I have to say, even though I knew what I was. Sharing with the world was so important to share with the world, but here we are, a whole 17 episodes in, thousands of listeners. I am so grateful for each of you in this journey. For almost probably over a year, I stared at a podcast recorder. I bought one so long ago and I just stared at it. (laughs) I bought it to motivate me to start the podcast. And then I just kind of stared at it for a while. You know, what if no one cares about what I have to say? What if no one listens to it? What if I churn away and no one listens? What if the sound is bad? What if I don't know how to edit? I don't know what I'm doing. Until one day I realized no more excuses. I just did it. I just went for it. I was like, I'm going to make the podcast album art I'm just going to do it. It doesn't have to be perfect. This is part of the learning experience. I just went for it. And I'm so glad that I did because now thousands of people have listened to my podcast in just the first three months of it being on the air. It really, I mean, it makes my day when you write in to tell me how the podcast helped you or where you were when you were listening to it, when you listened to my voice at the gym or in the car. And to know that because I stopped hiding myself and what I had to say, you were able to gain something or learn something. And that makes me so grateful. So I am so appreciative for you supporting this podcast and listening to this podcast, sharing this podcast with people you know, sharing the messages and creating this beautiful community of elevated empaths, not just any empaths, elevated empaths. And I hope you've loved... The last few episodes with guests who are so important to me on the podcast. And I'm going to be talking about each of those people today on the podcast because they were really, you know, important people in this journey for me. So those episodes really build the foundation for this episode, this season finale. I've gotten so many questions about my manifestation journey, how I got here, how I started this business. One of my clients was like, it looks like you did this overnight. And I'm like, I did not do this overnight. So I thought I'd use the season one finale to tell you this story. And don't worry, season two will be back. I'm not going to leave you forever. We'll be back in August and we'll have so many more exciting guests, solo podcasts, insights from me, I'm working all of July to bring you more of the greatest podcast in the world. Okay, so we're going to take it back. Because when I started writing this out, I'm like, this story is goes back farther than I think it does. And I'm going to kind of talk about the last few years. I had kind of recently graduated college. I was in that... Phase of okay, I'm done with college now. I'm just working at a job. What do I fulfill my life and my schedule with without school? Right? We all kind of go through that transition of what does life look like without school? That's a tough one for a lot of people to just go into the workforce. You're like, what do I do here? I had kind of had a big falling out with some friends during this time. I actually recently thought about this time and was like, that was really a transitional. That was like me moving on chapters into this new chapter of my life. And I feel like I'm in that transition phase currently. And I'll talk more about that later. I've been thinking about this. It seems to be kind of like a repeated theme. But in 2016, I was kind of just trying to find my footing and at some point, everything just kind of broke open for me. I was like, you know what? I don't give a fuck anymore. I had dated guys who were awful. I had dated guys who just ghosted. Um, Now they're like flooding back to my memory. A lot of guys that like, I would date for maybe mm, a couple months or so. And then it would just kind of like they'd ghost be like, I'm really busy with work or like, I have a lot of emotional issues going on right now. And each one was like awful. I was so heartbroken after each one because I think I would put a lot of pressure on myself for that to be the person, right? It wasn't just about dating and experiencing things. Like I wanted that to be it, which I find myself doing Currently, sometimes too. But I kind of got to a point I was like, you know what? I don't give a fuck anymore. I want to just fucking enjoy life. And this was becoming a time where I started to go on a lot of trips and hanging out with my girlfriends and just really like finding this new aspect of enjoying life without a man, enjoying. The co workers that I had at the time. I worked at a uh, women's lifestyle social media company. When I was doing that and degaffing and traveling and whatever, partying, like I was like, whatever, boys are at my mercy, you know. (laughs) (laughs) That was when I met my ex, now ex, but boyfriend. I really didn't want to be dating at the time. I was kind of like, "Eh, I don't know if I want you to be my boyfriend. And he was like, Well, I want you to be my girlfriend. I was like, okay, fine. So this person that I was dating, we were together for three plus years. The time that I'm going to be talking about, he's involved in a lot. I won't go too in detail about that relationship, but it was, you know, it had its moments of, it was a catalyst in my life. So I had started dating him. And then a few months later, I had actually started a new job from that women's lifestyle company. I had seen the writings on the walls. I started to see that they were going to be doing a lot of layoffs. So I got out before that happened to me, even though I kind of felt like it was going to happen to me, I was going to get laid off. So I found a new job first. And so I started this new job supporting one of the biggest assholes in all of health, like executives in all of healthcare. (laughs) He was a asshole. He was like verbally and emotionally abusive. And I know we've all had bosses like that out there, right? Like we've all had bosses like this. I, when you, are truly authentically like doing your best, and it is not recognized, and it's never enough for this person. And I didn't know how to manage this. I was still very young, I didn't know how to manage this old man's anger and resentment, and de- de- like he- always degrading me and making me feel less than. So I became pretty depressed in the sense. I mean, you know, you're always like, "Oh, I was kind of depressed," but you're like, "No, you weren't depressed." <laughs> you want to like downplay it, but I was you know, trying to find my footing and was partying a lot during this time, drinking a lot, hated my job. I couldn't really see a way out of this. I really didn't understand how to navigate any of this. And it was during this time that I started learning about manifestation. From Lacey Phillips of To Be Magnetic. At the time, it was called Free and Native. If those OGs out there remember, Free and Native is what it was originally called. And so I started learning about manifestation and I was like, oh my God, am I playing small? Am I settling? And I started to look at every aspect of my life, questioning it and just being like huh and i remember i remember i have to find this notepad i don't even know if i have it anymore it it has to be somewhere i remember i was at this job i took this notepad and went for a walk and i wrote down all of the things that i'm grateful for all of the reasons why i should keep living i mean it was really that i was really i, I don't <laughs> I, I'm going to sound dramatic, and but I'm also trying not to downplay how sad I was because I want you to know that if you are in something like that, you can get out. And I want you to find hope in those moments because the breakdown leads to the breakthrough. So I remember going on a walk and writing down all the things that I'm grateful for, all of the reasons why I should keep living and to keep going. And it was a really I I remember that notepad because it was so transformative. It was one of those first times that I realized that I was powerful and I had agency here. One day I'm at this job and I just get laid off out of nowhere, randomly one day because this man that I was supporting, the executive, just decided that I should be fired that day. He was just done with me that day. If he, I, uh, if I remember correctly, he like had just kind of stopped responding to me at all. I was trying, like, trying to fucking do my job and take care of his ass, his needy ass, <laughs> and I, he just like stopped responding for a week, and I was like, okay, I guess he doesn't need anything, and then I just like get laid off. I was really doing the best I could, but nothing was ever good enough, and so. We all have those bosses at some point. I work with a lot of my clients on navigating jobs like that as an empath. So if that's an episode that you want to hear in season two, let me know. We can talk more about that. So there was a sense of relief, but also fear. I knew I had manifested leaving that job. Maybe it wasn't in the way that I had wanted, but I needed to get out of there. And I didn't know how to do it on my own. So the universe was like, okay, we'll do it for you. It happened again later. We'll talk about that. (laughs) So here I am jobless trying to figure out what the fuck to do next. I did not, I was in recruiting. So in this time I had done recruiting and I just like hated it. I did not want to go back to it. So I needed to just figure out what I wanted to do. And at this time, I started considering going back into law. It was kind of my first love. It was my first job when I was 17, uh, working for a lawyer. I I think at the time I had started like thinking about studying for the LSAT, maybe going back to law school. So I was thinking about that. So during this time, I'm applying to positions. I applied to a recruiting position at a big name company that rhymes with Rapchat. <laughs> secrets out you can just like go lo- look at my linkedin um and at the same time i i was offered that position at rapchat and then at the same time was offered a job at the first women's lifestyle company that i ever worked at to go back to that company and i was like oh my god the decision's so hard i don't know how to make a decision when looking back, like the decision was very clear. I knew I needed to challenge myself and go to that big name company. So I took that job in recruiting. I just knew that it was a good gateway into kind of like bigger companies and learn, you know, I I had only worked at smaller startups. So I wanted to go to a bigger company and learn about that. And and that was maybe going to be my foot in the door. Even if it was recruiting, I was like, okay, I'll do it. And the Friday before I was supposed to start, the Friday before, I get a call from them saying, never mind, we don't need you. What? Three days before I was supposed to start this new job, I had also told them that I left my job for this job. So I was like, I left my job for this. You need to find me a job. I said that. I was like, you need to find me a job there. They were just like, "Never mind, We don't need you. We're, you know, you're not going to work for us. I was like, no, no, you got to find me a job. So I didn't hear from them for like a month. And then a separate recruiter reached out to me about a law enforcement operations role. It was law. It was the same big company and more money it was almost too good to be true. If I hadn't said yes to that first recruiting job, this might not have happened. It was maybe it was maybe, you know, a shitty thing that they were like, "Never mind, we don't need you," but it did lead me to this. And I was so nervous when I was interviewing. I remember doing so much research as much as I possibly could because I was so excited and nervous and I really wanted this job. I met with the team and we were vibing. It was so aligned with what I wanted to be doing at the time. And I knew I had manifested my way by s- there by saying yes to the original job and demanding them to find me a new one. So I got that job and I start this dream job. And it was tough at first in the normal ways, getting along with the team, fitting in, proving myself, learning about this work that I didn't really have that much experience in. Um, I had just had to prove myself because I deserved a place there. And as I started working with those higher levels of legal process. So if you don't know about this job, I've talked about it before. It was when I discovered my empathy, right? We'll talk about that. But it's basically anything that happens that's illegal on this app. law enforcement comes to our team for whatever evidence of it, whatever they can get with the right legal process. So as I start working with higher levels of legal process, I had to start reading the stories um I was dealing with emergencies, FBI level stuff, all that fun stuff, okay? I was seeing the darkest places of the internet, so little trigger warning here. You know, I don't usually do trigger warnings because I think it's important for us to be triggered so that we can work out those triggers, blah, blah, blah. But if this, this stuff is not for the lighthearted and I, I totally understand if you need to skip ahead. Um, and I won't talk about anything in detail because I can't, but I will talk, talk about topics that I worked on. So now is your time to skip ahead. Okay. So, Child exploitation, school shooting threats, missing children, domestic abuse. People would ask me, like, what's the worst thing you've ever seen? I can't tell you the worst thing I've ever seen because I actually, like, do not want you to know what happens out there in the world. I've told, like, one person maybe, maybe, uh, maybe, like, two people because they actually really wanted to know and then they're like, wow, (laughs) they wish they didn't know it. So don't ask me that because I'm not going to tell you. And they're like, is murder the worst thing? I'm like, no, that is not even the worst thing. So to put it simply, the stuff I saw there will be with me forever. And it did wake me the fuck up to heal my past sexual traumas. And it really, I had to look at why certain stories were triggering me more than others. And I had two therapists at the time and they helped me do this, but this, and this is what I help my clients do too. If there's a reason something is triggering you, it's because there's something within you that has not been healed yet. So there was a particular story I was reading about teen, teenagers, any sexual trauma, and it would trigger me more than others because it had, it was something within me that was not healed. And I, have not talked about that. Really with anyone, uh, (laughs) I knew this podcast would be like interesting, a wave of emotions to say the least. So if you're an empath, brace yourself, but it's okay. We're going to have a lot of hope in this episode. There were aspects of my teenagehood, uh, learning about my sexuality, stepping into my sexuality, I Honestly, it wasn't even that really bad of an experience as a 15-year-old girl, but it was enough to stick with me and replay for me every time I read about these other stories in these legal processes. It was a mirror back for me for my 15-year-old self to heal this one triggering memory that kept coming up every time I read about these stories. To put it simply, I'm not going to downplay this. It was a dark time in my life. It didn't f- feel like it at the time because I think I was just trying to survive. And I also was working my dream job. I was also doing a lot of good in the world. I've, I helped like child molesters get arrested. I was actually making an impact and I felt so good about that. So I was I was surviving and I was looking at the positives, but it was a really dark time in my life because I was absorbing all of the pain of what I was reading about all day, every day. I was also studying for the LSAT at this time. I had also lost my brother-in-law to brain cancer. I was really just trying to keep my head above water. But looking back on it, I would fight with people often. Especially my boyfriend at the time. I remember screaming at my mother in a way that I had never had before. I pushed a lot of people away and was so isolated. I was drinking drugs, partying more more than ever. Really trying to escape what I was having to experience all the time. I was so angry. I was always angry. And I felt afloat at the time, so I didn't really seek help other than my two therapists and trying to meditate. But looking back, I was using all of these coping mechanisms to try to get myself out of my body so that I didn't have to process any of this. I remember I was just like not myself at all at this time. I had really strayed very far away from myself. I was sick. I was experiencing a lot of vicarious trauma. And so something that I talk about a lot as an empath, vicarious trauma, the way that we um, take on trauma in our bodies and in our spirits. Maybe we should have a whole episode about trauma in season two. Getting a lot of ideas for season two here. (laughs) But I was experiencing vicarious trauma and a lot of PTSD So when I was not at work, because I was at work seeing the worst of the human race all the time, I was expecting to leave work and for that to just show up in my experience as I'm leaving work. So I was always afraid that something was going to happen. Another shoe was going to drop. I was always in fear. I was always in just heightened fight or flight mode, of course. I was always afraid that something that I was reading about every day was going to happen in my real life because it was happening all the time. So I thought there wasn't a lot of balance in that way. I was seeing two therapists at the time, like I said, one from work and one from personal. My personal therapist asked me if I was an empath and I didn't really know what that meant besides the general thought of like, oh, you feel emotions for other people. But she told me to read the empath survival guide by Judith Orloff. You know, I love this book. And it really, I mean, it changed my life. It's, I saw, I was resonated and saw myself in every single sentence. I was an empath. And this job really changed my life. It helped me see if, if you would, if you think of jobs as twin flames, like this was my twin flame job. It wake it woke me the fuck up. For good and bad. I worked with some of the most inspiring, bad bitches in the world. I'm trauma bonded to them for life. And there are two women in particular that I worked with at that job who were the most badass, amazing, inspiring women I know. And I can't even express how grateful I am for both of them for the ways that we supported each other in that job, sometimes without even saying anything. So I'm really grateful. I feel indebted to them. And so I was studying for the LSAT. I was heading off to law school. (sighs) Law school. Let's talk about law school. I always talk about it in very, like short snippets, either on TikTok or like on the podcast. I kind of say like a one sentence about it. So law school. I had done mock trial in high school. I loved the law. I loved reading about the law. I love law. I love law. So it made sense for me to go to law school. It just made sense. I was involved in law and politics. For all of high school and college, i it it would just had made sense in the, you know trajectory of things. And so I left the job in law enforcement to take some time off before starting the most insanely stressful experience that is law school. And <laughs> the entire month, I kind of took a month off. The entire month leading up to it, I was so fucking stressed out. But I was supposed to be taking off like en- and enjoying this. I knew something was wrong. I didn't want to go to law school. I just didn't want to. I knew that it was going to be so fucking stressful. And for what? Did I really want to be a lawyer? I was so terrified Knowing that I'm an empath and the way that I experienced that job in law enforcement was only going to continue if I went to law school and became a lawyer and was seeing about like the less ideal aspects of the human race all day, every day. I didn't want to go, but I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to disappoint the people around me by not going I had invested so much money. I fucking studied for the LSAT for years. I spent so much money on an LSAT class. I had worked so hard to get into one of the best law schools in LA. And I was terrorized at the thought of doing law school and becoming a lawyer. something didn't feel like me anymore. It didn't feel like me. It felt like I was doing it for someone else. There was a lot of it. I don't, this isn't blaming my mother in any way because it's all on me. And she always said that like, she supports me in whatever I do, but it's, you always feel like you're disappointing your family. But I felt like I was doing it for my parents and not for me. As much as I love reading about the law, I didn't feel like I needed to do it in that way and to go to school for another three years and study for the bar and bust my ass, you know, being an intern, whatever you do. I forgot already. (laughs) I was so stressed out for that whole month trying to decide whether or not to go. I went to orientation. And it was the worst week of my life. I was so stressed out. I did not like allow myself to experience it or be in it because I was so stressed out. I didn't know a way out of it. So I just kept going to orientation. And so the night before classes were going to start, the night before classes were going to start, just repeating that for your brain, I hadn't done any of the homework or the reading. You seem legally blonde. That doesn't work for your first day of law school. It was 9 p.m. before classes were going to start. I hadn't done any of the homework. I'm like, clearly I don't want to go. I'm not even trying here. And it was something that I felt that I needed to really, really want if I were going to do it. Because it's not something that you like half-ass. Right? Law school is not something you can half-ass or get or be like, "Uh, I kind of want this." You have to really want it to be able to survive. And I didn't feel like I really wanted it. So, it was time to make a decision. <laughs> if I had gone, you know, to school on the first day, I would have lost like $3,000. Do I do this? Do I not? I felt like I was going to disappoint everyone in my life if I stepped away, but I knew it's what I needed to do. Because it wasn't a hell yes for me. It was a yes for other people in my life. So 9 p.m., the night before classes we're going to start, I wrote the email. Not coming anymore. Tomorrow. Thanks. Uh, thank you for accepting me, but I'm going to drop out. <laughs> it was something like that. I remember just like sobbing, freaking out. What have I done? What decision have I made? I worked so hard to get here and I'm letting it all go. What am I doing? And so the next day, it was like so stressful. It was the most stressful time. I just felt so lost because the only thing that was giving me structure in my life, in my career, was law school. What the fuck was I going to do without it? So the next day, I had to return $1,000 worth of books So I walked onto campus with my tail between my legs and returned all of these books. And then I felt free. But also lost and terrified. What was next? I then started looking for a job again. And again, I was put up with two offers. One was working in manifestation. And the other was an influencer marketing job for more money. And I decided to take the influencer marketing job for the more money. And about a week into that role, I knew it was not right. I was like, fuck, I should not have taken it just because it had more money. But I knew that the other one wasn't going to work out for other reasons. So I was like, okay, I just need to figure out what I want to be doing. So I started seeking some spiritual guidance, started following what felt intuitively right. As I continued to work at this extremely toxic workplace, like very toxic, like they talked about not eating to be skinny. I don't know. I don't need to tell you anything beyond that. It was just a toxic place to work at. So I had the conversation with Niaz, who you heard from a few weeks ago. We had lunch and she was telling me about this reading that she had, an Akashic Record reading, clairvoyant reading, with this woman named Cindy, who you also heard from. And I booked a reading with her. I just felt called to it. But thinking back on it, like I had never had a reading before. And I was like, Oh, yeah, random woman that doesn't have any website or social media. Yeah. (laughs) And I get on the phone with her, we have a consultation. And then we have our reading after the first two things she says. One was about my mother. Second thing was about the narcissist that you all know and love. (laughs) The narcissist you all know and love from listening to the past episodes about the narcissist. She explains both of them to a T, and I am just speechless. I listen back to that recording of that uh, reading very often, and it always <laughs> just blows my mind. And I'm always just like laughing at how silent I am the whole time because I'm so blown away. So that was the first reading I had with Cindy and. One of my past lives that she talked about, she said that one of my past lives, I was a spiritual guru. And I helped, if you haven't listened to my past lives episode, go listen to that because I talk about this lifetime in more detail. But she talked about this past life where I was a spiritual guru and helping other women in moments of transition. And I started feeling very connected to that. And I was like, why am I feeling so connected to it? And I started to explore this more. What did I want to actually be doing with my life? I think a few weeks after that, I had a consultation call with Amanda, who you also all heard from last week. And I felt very connected to her in helping me figure out what I wanted to be doing and how to be doing it. And so I remember feeling so terrified of how much she cost. I had never invested that amount of money in myself or anything really, (laughs) but I felt so called to at least getting some answers through this coaching experience. So I just decided to go for it. I was like, I need to put my money in this and trust. And uh, you've heard me talk about this before. I manifested the exact, exact amount of money I needed. Exactly. And I knew it was a sign from the universe that I was on the right path. So as I started working with Amanda, I realized... That I wanted to be working with people, working with empaths and helping them work through any of their triggers and their traumas the way that I was triggered and traumatized in my job, and helping them find their authenticity and come back to themselves and live the life that they wanted to live and not make decisions from the way that they thought they should be living. Right. I thought I should be going to law school. But I realized that wasn't for me anymore. It was for other people I was doing that for. So I decided to create this empath coaching business to help other empaths discover what it means to be an empath, how to work with it, how to use it as a superpower instead of letting it control you. So I started to kind of like think about that and process that with Amanda. We touched on it last week. And then I took an animal communication class to get certified to read animals. If you haven't listened to the animal communication class uh, episode, go listen to that. I talk about how I found that class and why I was called to that. And so I did that for a few months, was reading some animals. We can all have these psychic spiritual powers. It's a matter of tapping into them, getting trained, learning with someone and practicing them. So I was doing that for a few months, and then the pandemic hit. It's funny. It's not that funny. It's funny. <laughs> I did a tarot card poll for the year of 2020. And every single card, I did like a couple polls with different decks. So I think we're three overall. In the month of March 2020, it just... I got like the worst cards in March of 2020. I was like, what the fuck is going to happen in March of 2020? It said like betrayal, deceit, illusion, like all this crazy stuff. I was like, what's going to happen in March? And it was like a running joke with all of us, all of me and my friends. Like what's going to happen in March? I was living in a two bedroom apartment with a roommate who was my best friend for like six years. We're not going to get into the details of what happened there, but she ended up moving out in March when this pandemic hit. Didn't end on the best of terms. Our friendship had kind of been rocky for a little bit leading up to it. So I was alone in this apartment. I felt really lost and confused. I hated this fucking apartment. I also loved it. I was there for five years. Lots of good memories. Great you know, first apartment, you know, as an adult, real adult. And I was in a city that was wearing me down. L.A., if you didn't know that. I was living in L.A. It was wearing me down. And I was in a relationship still that wasn't making me happy anymore. I started feeling really self-destructive again. Everything was just kind of crumbling beneath my feet. And I know a lot of us felt this way last year. Everything was just crumbling. I'm sure that you've had friendships that crumbled last year, relationships. I'm sure a lot of you moved. I'm sure a lot of you felt lost, confused, broken. I was feeling very self-destructive because I was starting to lose like the two most important people in my life at the time, my roommate and my boyfriend. Again, I didn't really know what to do. So April 2020 was probably my lowest. I'm sure, it was for a lot of people. I started to turn to old self-destructive patterns, as in reaching out to the narcissist. <laughs> And it only made things worse, of course, thinking it would bring me comfort. Things with the boyfriend won't get into that, but were very, very, very rocky. I was very unhappy. I really wanted to make it work, but I felt like I was giving up. During May of 2020, I decided to sign up for an Akashic Records certification class Because I was like, I'm speaking to animals. Why don't I just learn how to speak to human spirit teams as well? So I was like, let's read humans too. So I got certified in that and started reading humans. In June of 2020, my boyfriend and I decided to part ways. So we're coming up on a year of that. Last year, during this time, I was going through a breakup and in July of 2020 I was started to isolate myself a lot again from people. Started to do self-destructive things again. And obviously clients were nowhere to be found. <laughs> and I was still working my ass off and decided to work with a coach Amanda again and then decided to myself become, you know, to work on my coaching skills, get trained in that and was really working on myself. And as I mentioned last week, once I started stepping away from those self destructive patterns, like reaching out to the narcissist, I manifested a house outside of LA and moved in in September. Again, still doing coaching and Akashic Records readings But in the flow of how things happened, I noticed that if I turned to self-destructive patterns, things would slow down. Once I started to realign myself with my purpose and myself and connecting back to myself and releasing all of those self-destructive patterns, the abundance would, of course, flow right in. And I felt like it was a new beginning, a new chapter in my life moving into this house that I'm sitting in right now. But I was still working at this influencer marketing job. Let's not forget, still there this whole time, that toxic ass place. (laughs) And I was trying to manifest a way out of it since my business was really starting to take off during this time. I was, I remember having a conversation with Niaz. I was like, I just don't feel like there are enough hours in the day for me to do my job and my business. She was like smiling at me and she's like, You're getting ready to go with your business full time. That's what that means. I was like, oh, you're right. (laughs) And so I didn't know how to like get out of this job because it was feeling so stable, right? It's like a stable income, healthcare, all of those things. But it was really holding me back. And this is a lesson that I work with my clients on. The perception of stability can be wherever you want it to be. So the concept that our corporate jobs are stable is really an illusion because you could get fired at any time. You could get laid off at any time. The company could go under tomorrow. And this isn't to make you be afraid of losing your job. It's to make you see that you can have just as much stability in what you decide to do on your own, like how I decided my business was going to be for me. And in October of 2020, I got laid off from that influencer marketing job. Oh, my God, did I feel free. Oh, I was like, oh, I was like, this is it. This is the universe answered my asks, prayers, whatever you want to call it. I wanted a way out of this job and the universe gave it to me. I didn't know how to get out. So the universe did it for me yet again. And I felt so free and I was like, I'm fucking ready to do this and give it my all. I was already giving it my all, but this time, at this point, I was like, I could give it so much. I can commit so much to this now. And in December 2020, I got Jasper, which was hard as fuck. Also one of the worst times because I felt so much more alone in raising him than I did when I was actually alone. Because I didn't have anyone else to help me with the peas and the poops everywhere, right? It was hard as fuck. But at that moment, I knew I had manifested everything. Everything that I wanted was such a clear-cut sign that I was ready to go full force into my business. And that's exactly what I did. I started the podcast. I booked dozens of amazing clients in every single area of my business. I have a wonderful, beautiful community on TikTok and Instagram. I have an OnlyFans. I have a YouTube. The whole thing. Oh my God. I'm like I can't believe like I look sometimes. I think about, you know what? Actually, I did read. I was journaling a lot during all of these years and i read some past journal entries in the past couple years in june to just kind of think about where i was at i was so sad and all i wanted was freedom all i wanted was freedom i also was like i want a dog and a house and i want freedom in my business and i want freedom in my career and work I want to have a community. I want to be able to share all of these things with people and connect with people. I have never felt more connected to myself now and the universe. Even in the hardest of times, when things get harder, I know I'm always supported by the universe. And so within the last like year or so, when things get really hard, I know I'm just, I'm just in another magic dark. And I'm always supported, and things are going to expand and grow even more. So, when I have no idea how I'm going to get to the end goal of what I want, and it seems so out of reach, I know it's only a matter of time before the universe throws it all at me. And my physical reality starts to match up with my internal reality of abundance, prosperity in all aspects of my life. And I feel so grateful and lucky that I get to do what I do and communicate my messages with you all. I love coaching. It's, I love coaching the most inspiring and incredible people every day and helping them step, step into their aligned worth, their soul energy, helping them manifest the life that they want to live and create the reality that they want. That's all I wanted to do. And I feel so lucky that I get to do that. I feel so supported by the universe. I start to look back on all of this and I'm like, damn, I really got through so much and I feel so deserving and worthy of what I've been able to accomplish. But all I ever wanted was my own business, my own thriving ass business, (laughs) a home and a dog. And here I am And I can't wait to see what this next year brings me because I trust that it's going to be so fucking magical and even more than the previous one. Maybe it's going to have harder times. Maybe it's going to have amazing, wonderful times. But I am so connected now with the universe in co-creating my reality and trusting that the universe always has my back, even when it feels like the world is crumbling beneath my feet. And I don't need to turn to those coping mechanisms anymore because I have myself in the universe to hold me and to support me in those times. I want you to know that if any of this resonated with you, if there are times where you're feeling low, if you're still Recovering from last year emotionally, if you are recovering from a breakup, a friend breakup, a relationship, romantic breakup, a breakup with a narcissist, I want you to know that you are always supported, not just by yourself, but the universe and the people around you, by me, and everything you want is already yours. You just have to kind of clear some space for it to come on in. All of the clients that I'm going to work with are out there. Sometimes I just need to like move some space over so that they can see me and start to come in, right? That's how it works. I can't wait for season two of this podcast. We're only starting, baby. We're only just beginning this is only the beginning. You know what it is? It's like, you are all here at the beginning. You all get to say, yeah, the Elevated Podcast, I listened to that the first season. I'm an OG member of the Elevation Nation. You don't even know what it's like. Or maybe like, I'm going to like change. You know how celebrities like change? Like, oh, Lisa, I can't believe you've changed so much. I don't even know who you are anymore. That'll just like, you know, you will know I've made it when you guys start to say that about me. (laughs) I feel like I'm very much in this transition point where, I don't know if you've seen that TikTok, where like the characters are changing, the plot line is changing, the costumes are changing. And I feel like I'm in that transition point. And I feel like this is a really important time to finish season one of this chapter of my life, and move on to season two. And so I felt like this was a really monumental time, not only for the podcast, but for my life. I'm really so grateful that you have all stuck with me during this time. You've all supported this podcast and everywhere else you've been following me. And I feel really lucky to be here in this position sitting in my cozy chair, talking on a podcast in the middle of a day on a Monday, not fucking worrying about responding to an asshole boss. And know that if it is possible for me, it's possible for you. I am your mirror. Everyone's your mirror. And if you're finding something in this story that is inspiring to you, it means that it's possible for you. It means that it's already yours clearing the space a little bit so that you can accept it. So that you can call it in because if it's possible for me, it's possible for you. We are all human and all capable of everything we desire. I can't wait to bring you season two and talk about sex and spirituality and manifestation and the Akashic records and empathy and more. Tell me what you want to hear from me in season two. What do you want to know more about? Don't forget to like, comment, share, subscribe, write a review, follow this podcast, rate it five stars, and write in to tell me what you think about this episode and what you'd like me to talk about next. I hope you feel so elevated, my love, and I'll see you next time.